everybody, welcome back to another episode of Level Playing Field Podcast. LPF Pod is my podcast. My name is Randy Boos, where I interview people who are LGBTQ and involved in sports. This week, my chat is with D. Gill. He is the host of the Game Day Tea Podcast. You could find it on Apple, Spotify, all the usual podcast spots. He originally is from Georgia and moved to the Bay Area the last few years. And we talk about his moving to California. We talk about his sports, his podcast, and we talk a lot about race. Um, I do want to say we make a mistake when we say what sports are doing it bad. We totally forgot about hockey. Hockey's doing it really bad, except for a few um, people of color who are actually standing up and doing it right. Hopefully the, the rest of the league learns. Anyways, without further ado, here is my episode with D. Gill. Welcome, Darius, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I found your podcast, The Game Day Tea, I think two days ago. Yes. Um, yeah, because that's when we started uh, tweeting. And I found it so funny just how open and honest you are, <laughs> your Google searches. You. Um, yes, it helps. Everybody says it helps. If I talk yeah. about an athlete, you need to know what they look like. Exactly. So yeah, it, it's just fun. It's it's entertaining. It's informative. Um, it's a bit of news and and gossip and just fun. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. I recommend people listen to it. Yes, it's, it's it's called the Game Day Tea, and basically, gays get together. We sit, like, and especially in my circles, we say, "What's the tea? Like, what's the tea, girl? You got some tea today?" And for me, instead of just talking about regular gossip, like, "Oh, did you see that celebrity sleeping with who?" This do that. I wanted to bring that aspect to sports because I know what I'm talking about with sports. When you know, when I talk to you know coworkers and just regular straight guys, and I'm like, "Dang, you're gay, but you know what you're talking about," but I have to kind of dial it down, like, oh, yeah, dude, yeah, you know, yeah, Madison Bumgarner, you threw a pitch. And I, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yeah, I wanted to be authentic, you know. So, hence, the game day tea came about. Yeah, so, and before we really get into the podcast and just talking general sports, I want people to find out all about you, which they do when they listen. But yeah. since people that are maybe listening now haven't heard an episode yet, I want to talk. So, from what I've gathered and learned – you're from Decatur, Georgia, which is outside of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And when did you move to the San Francisco Bay Area? I moved. Well, first I moved from Decatur. I moved to California in 2016 to the Bay Area. Hampered to Larry working in there. And it was just eh, cows. Just not me. So I moved to the Bay Area in 2018. And I am currently working here in the Bay Area as a home health occupational therapy assistant. And you recently recovered from COVID, right? Yes, COVID-19 took me out. Took me out. <laughs> July 1st, I started having symptoms. And by July 5th, I got my positive result. But it was that was too late. I was in the hospital already. Just, I couldn't breathe. Just couldn't breathe. Oh, wow. you had to be hospitalized changed. too? I was hospitalized actually two times. The first time I got out of the hospital, my oxygen levels were good. I went home, slept for a little bit. I woke back up. My oxygen saturation was 89%. And for those who are listening, the doctors tell you to go in, into the emergency room when your oxygen is at 92%. You really want it 95% or above. I was at 89%. So I was like, uh-uh, I'm not about to die at home. I, let me go to the hospital. And they kept me a second time. That's crazy. And how long was recovery? Recovery was at, 
for for me, three and a half weeks. I it's I couldn't hold my breath. I going to, walking to the bathroom, doing anything physical. I was just so out of breath. And I am I'm finally back at work, but it took a while. It's, it's just awful, an awful feeling. That's the best I can describe it. Yeah, that's wild. I'm thankful you recovered. Thank you. Thought that I was out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That yeah, I mean, it, COVID's so nasty. You just hear people that and, have it, and it's amazing. Yes, and everybody keeps saying that you know, oh, it's not that bad because a lot of people haven't died. Well, for me, one hundred fifty thousand people—that's too many. Because that could yeah. be like my, my my mother had COVID nineteen, and she she's alive, but it gives you those pre-existing conditions that you didn't already have. Like for mm-hmm. me, COVID-19 gave me blood clots and pneumonia. I have to be on blood thinners for three months now, which before COVID, I didn't have that. And it's scary knowing that any moment one of those blood clots, pulmonary embolisms in my lungs can break off, travel to my brain, boom, you got a stroke. Good luck. Yeah, that's the crazy thing too, is it's not only getting COVID and, and trying to recover and heal, but it's also what it does to the body after. I mean, you hear about people that are having heart issues after they recover and, and what the permanent damage is being done. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like strokes, young people, 30 years old, 40 years old strokes, um, lung transplants, oxygen for the rest of their life, you know, have to be on dialysis. I'm fine. I'm healed. I'm thankful. That's crazy. And yeah, I'm glad you recovered. Actually, and going back to your life, I really should have started. What was it like for you growing up in Georgia? So growing up for me in Georgia, I was a kind of shy kid. I because I didn't. Okay, I liked all the girls things, but I had a lot of guy friends (laughs) and I sucked at sports, but I knew I liked everything about sports and asthma. Almost took me out of here again. Uh, I had a massive asthma attack when I was in the fourth grade, and I couldn't even walk down the steps. And after that, my, they put me in the hospital for, for about a week. They almost lost me. But my parents said, uh-uh, no more sports, banned. So from then on, my, my whole life was centered around music, honestly, and making music, marching band, the first trombone, this baritone trumpet. It, I was closeted, though, as far as like my sexuality all the way up, and, up until, I want to say about 11th grade, because I just didn't. And we can talk about this a little bit later, but in the African-American community, sometimes where you grew up, it's just not okay to be out. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until I really went to college and ex- explored my sexuality and felt comfortable and met other people that shared the same ideas and beliefs and thought it was okay as me. Atlanta is okay, but this, the state of Georgia... Mm-mm. It's red as it can be. You know, if you want to live in Atlanta, Midtown, live by 10th Street, Piedmont Park, go ahead. You'll feel comfortable. You'll feel wanted. You'll see a lot of people like you. But the moment you step up out of that bubble, good luck. And I feel like Calif- moving out here to California is just really opened me up even more. Oh, yeah. California, especially in the San Francisco Bay Area, is, is way yes. different. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, some of our, our more fun events in san francisco have been canceled this year i know but i was looking forward to pride yeah pride and then Folsom and stuff like that so oh yeah i mean it's definitely a different environment what so when you were a kid and and you weren't really exploring your sexuality like in high school 
what were you hearing around people that played sports, but around your family? Would, would I, they ever talk about homosexuality or? It was, it's funny that you say that. So my parents are very supporters of, of me being gay. But growing up, I kind of thought that everybody knew in my family is just one of those, pss, pss, hey, did you see what Darius is doing? Pss, pss, did you hear about Darius? And it was never, it was never out in the open. And to this day, I, I came out to my parents and my sister and my family knows, but nobody talks about it. They don't really, when they call me, they don't say, hey, how's your partner? Or, well, can we, can you go to, take me to an event? I want to learn. It's always strictly about, hey, how you doing, family? All right, boom, 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 bye. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm thankful that I had supportive parents, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those things you just didn't talk about. That's interesting. So then when you go to, where'd you go to college, by the way? So at first I went to Bethune-Cookman University in Daytona Beach, Florida on a marching band scholarship. And if <laughs> the beach, college, young, everybody's spring breakers coming to you, that didn't work out. <laughs> so I moved back <laughs> home. And that's all I have to say. So I moved back home and I attended Georgia State University from 2010 to 2012. And I got my bachelor's degree in exercise science. Oh, okay. And so then when you did make the move for college, what what was like? You said you're exploring your sexuality. I mean, were you oh. still involved in around sports then? or <laughs> I did. I kept up with all my pro professional sports teams. I kept up stats. I made, I talked to all the straight guys. I would blow their minds away. You know, I was like, yeah, because Matt Ryan threw for 100, 140 yards and two touchdowns and one interception. And he thought, da, 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 da. they're like, what? But as far <laughs> as me, like my sexuality, I just felt comfortable. You know, do you, you remember my Honesty Box on Facebook? No. So, okay, so Honesty Box was when you could send people messages on Honesty Box without them knowing who you were. And in college, being like, yay, I would do Honesty Box on Facebook and say, hey, like, you're really cute. Can you meet me behind Bronson dorm room at 10.30 p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> and we did it. No, not it, but we met up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like that was one of that was like our pretty grinder right there it was just like hit a gay dude up in the honesty box it would, it would be the equivalent to hitting a guy up on grinder without a profile picture <laughs> that's that's the best way i can describe honesty box and gosh it was so hard though when you actually wanted to do it because you had dorm rooms and you have roommates so you would be like all right all right my roommates gone um you want you want to come over and <laughs> this is a true story justin if you're about to listen to this story i apologize <laughs> in advance but so one time one time i had a date quote unquote date come to my dorm room while my roommate justin from college was out and, you know, we had sex, whatever, like that. And Justin came in back to the dorm around an hour later. And he, he, he opened the door. He said, it's my ass in here, Darius. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, um, what, what do you mean? He was like, you've been, you've, you've been fucking in here? I was like, no. Now, he did know about me, and he, but he was straight. We were cool. We were from the same hometown, everything. But I was like, no, 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 sex, lying my ass off. <laughs> And to this day, I have not told him that that story was true. And here I am, Justin. It's true. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. 
so that and that started it all just like oh okay i, I like the way that feels i'm like touching that and hmm <laughs> that was pretty good it's like in high school i was just uh, i was just afraid i did a little bit of stuff here and there but college it went down baby it went down <laughs> so college was good for you then it was excellent i got a, a degree and i got math <laughs> win-win yeah exactly let's move to sports for a little bit okay so obviously you grew up liking atlanta sports teams what sports, sports in particular did you like the, the most growing up? I would have to say the Atlanta Braves. Um, I have memories with my great-grandmother who has passed away now, just taking her to see the Atlanta Braves. She was from Montgomery, Alabama. And down there, Tennessee, Alabama, parts of Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, that's Braves country. And I just remember, you know, watching the Braves growing up. I remember 1995, the World Series, my parents jumping up and down because we won. 1996, I remember the heartbreak of us losing to the Indians, uh, the I mean, the Yankees, and just losing several World Series. I remember all of that. And I actually worked for the Atlanta Braves when I was in college. So I went to Georgia State, like I said, and the Atlanta Braves Stadium was literally 15 minutes walking distance away so i got a part-time job working for the promotions team and it just made me love the Braves even more i mean seeing who and who can complain about seeing freddie freeman up close in person like hello <laughs> jason hayward he used to play for the Braves. google jason hayward <laughs> shirtless right because we need to see the shirtless we need exactly. to get the full view of, of these ball players but it was one of the best decisions i i made uh just three years there working for promotions team i they, they're an organization that just really does it right and they have that home southern feeling without the racist part <laughs> yeah and then did they know you were gay at the time or did anybody know it at the braves my co-workers well, one of my good girlfriends she said girl i knew as, mo- as soon as you opened the door <laughs> i said Whoop. <laughs> and part of the, you know, where I'm from, is that girl, they clocked your tea, honey. <laughs> Basically saying she knew before I even had to open my mouth. And I don't think my mannerisms are very overly gay, but hey, sometimes I may have a limp wrist or a little switch of the hip or a tilt of the head, but that's all right. It's me. <laughs> and But they were very accepting as soon as everybody found out, and I never had any issues at all. That's cool because, you know, sports – teams especially what this was in the late 90s i take it or for early 2000s the, for when you were working there oh this is late this is 2000 and i want to say 8 9 10 okay but still i yes. mean you hear about sports and professional sports especially and you hear about oh well you know they're homophobic and and stuff like that but to hear about the atlanta braves in one of the most conservative areas in the country mm-hmm. to be open and accepting is is really cool to hear Yes, and I, you know, it was, they made it, they made me feel comfortable coming out. I, now, some of the fans, they come from all from over Georgia. You know, a weekend trip is coming to Atlanta to see the Braves play. So you had a little, you know, when the Braves are doing bad or a ref, I mean, an umpire, you know, makes a, a wrong call, you hear some nasty derogatory words, and some of that was the F word and everything like that. But nothing directly related to me and mm-hmm. so but it's just I, I just hate that people 
go to the F word and stuff like that in negative situations. And of course, you bring your kids to the game, right? So what are they watching? They're watching mama and daddy display this behavior and they think it's okay. And that's how you breed, you know, negative aspects of what we have today. I am a fan of soccer or football to the rest of the world. And one of my favorite players on my favorite team in England had a 12-year-old boy send him messages, racist mm-hmm. messages. And it's like well, you, you hear these these about these kids doing this and you think it's like an older person thing. But right. it's not. It, a lot of kids no. do it. Mm-hmm. They're watching they're watching dad, mom sit up there right at the TV, you know, probably saying it to the athlete on TV. And what is some 12-year-old going to do? He's going to call, search for a number, leave a message. Hell. Well, yeah, and this was a direct message on Twitter. Mm, oh, my goodness. So that's direct access to anybody. You don't have to look up a number. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. You know, we're a country who has many, many problems, but it's good to finally see the race issue being talked about more openly. Yes. Uh, I'm honestly shocked. Like, if you would ask me five years ago, would we have open talks like this about race and seeing athletes use their platform to talk about race? I would have said you're lying. This is like America, and especially growing up in the South. Like, what? Nah. But it's here, and it's amazing. And it's funny because we had a, a black president for eight years, and it took the racist white guy to talk about it. Yeah. Sometimes I, I can't believe it. Can you? Like, we had Barack Obama, and I didn't, I don't know about you, but I didn't hear any, like, really racist things about, like, how it is now when Trump is in president. You would think the way people are acting now when Trump is president would be the same, we, how they were acting when Obama was president. But I think with that, Obama, it wasn't allowed. It wasn't accepted. Trump almost encourages it with his liking people's tweets and and retweeting stuff. So it makes these racists braver that they can say it. Exactly. And that's why it's so important for these athletes now to use their platform to speak up against it. You know, that's so important because who's really bigger than athletes? You know, singers, entertainers, but millions of people watch sports. Millions, millions, millions. Who do you think is doing it best now? Of all the leagues that have hap- that have played since, you know, the recent startup again for a lot of these leagues, who do you think is doing it best? NBA hands down. I feel like everyone related from the media on down to the players. The players are wearing shoes, last names, I mean, replacing the last names of their jerseys to messages. They're wearing Black Lives Matter on their warm-up shirts. The media after games is talking about those messages and not just asking about the stats or about the game. And it's like Black Lives Matter is on the court down there in Orlando. So mm-hmm. you can't get it anymore. You know, when you, as soon as you turn on the TV, it's like, boom, you already know what we're about. So I think yeah. they're doing an amazing job. And I think the WNBA as well does yes. an awesome job too. Yes, they are. Uh, props up to those ladies for you know, and it's so hard being a lady and you have all this stuff on the world already beating you down because you're a woman and for you to still take that stance and show, you know, your support for your cause, whether, whether that be for racial injustice or pride or police brutality, anything, kudos to them. Like, they get all my respect. 
Yeah, and I love how they're being so vocal and they're actually growing in their fan base by doing it. You know, you usually have this fear that you're going to lose, you know, some sort of fan base, whether it's race or, or LGBT issues when you throw support to it. But it's good to see the WNBA actually growing. It is. And I'm, I, I'm hearing so much news coming from the WNBA that I just generally do not hear about. You know, I'm not sure if that's from other sports not being played right now or just they're saying, hey, we are here. Listen to us. We have some shit to say and deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Why do you think that some of the other sports aren't doing a better job? Like you look at, unfortunately, I think I think baseball is probably the weakest right now. Baseball and NASCAR. You know, well, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No offense to NASCAR that, fans, I just don't. Yeah, NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like for that whole debacle with Bubba Wallace and the news thing, and just the Confederate flag. You're having to be told not to have the Confederate flag flown at your races. There were races. That's <laughs> but it's, that's a play on word, huh? That's pretty neat. But um. <laughs> I'm so corny sometimes, y'all forget me, please. But it's just, it's just, as that was just a big cluster F right there. I mean, I don't, even, I don't even have words to say say about that. It's just that bad of a look for NASCAR that they had to go through all that. And you know, I will give the San Francisco Giants credit. They are kind of like my adopted team since I've been out here. If I had to choose another team besides Atlanta Braves to like, it's the San Francisco Giants. For them to play the Black Negro National Anthem. Uh, lift every voice and sing by James Bowen Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right there brought tears to my eyes. I said, "Wow!" Like they're going a step further uh, with having all the players kneel, but like that anthem means so much to the African American community, and for them to recognize that, hey, we can play this anthem and the national anthem to show our support for the Black Lives Matter, and well, not even Black Lives Matter, but just for African Americans and uh, police brutality and all that. It was just amazing. Yeah, it is cool. And then, unfortunately, I'm an A's fan. So we have uh, one of our coaches yesterday, Ryan Christensen, mess up with greeting his uh, the players after a win. Did you hear about this? No, spill the tea. So <laughs> basically, there's video of him where he comes out of the dugout. I think it was after the game ended. And it looks like a Nazi salute. Now... Uh- I honestly don't think it was. I, I personally don't believe it was. He came out and apologized later. In fact, an, a player like pointed it out to him right away, and then he like mocked himself. That's my personal belief. Some people might believe differently, but oh, yeah. So me. yeah, you'll have to check the video out. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I have to. I have to see that. Yeah, he definitely owned up to his mistake, and he and he said something this morning. But still, yeah. it's just the differences. <laughs> right. Are they trying to cancel him and get him fi- fired? Um, there are some people, like, pretty pissed. And, you know, they go on Twitter and complain. But I think because he apologized so quickly, and I think his teammates are coming out supporting him. And, you know, I'm, I'm partial to the A's, so right. um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But it, it definitely makes you think what you're doing. Yes, for sure. And... And the biggest thing is education, too. Like, at this point, social media, we jump to 
the like fire them, cancel them, dox them, whatever. So I really think it's up to the people to educate yourself on like what are racial slurs, like what do you think may not be okay. I know we're you know a, adults and stuff, but you still may not know what you're what you're doing. But hey, you can get crucified on the cross, on the cross, the cross. <laughs> <laughs> well, on cross, if you're wearing cross, you should be crucified too, in my opinion. Yeah, I've never had a pair. No offense to anybody listening that loves their Crocs. They're looking down at their feet right now like, oh, my Crocs. No offense, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's definitely interesting. And, you know, being, in, you know, I'm 46, I'm a white dude. You definitely have to look at your, your white privilege and and just things differently. You know, because yeah. there are some things that happen that you go, Oh yeah, that really is a, a little bit racist, and you yeah. have to really be open to realizing what's being said and what's being done. Right. And let me ask you something. Do you agree that? Because I, I think I, I, I was struggling with this at first when I first heard it, but white silence is not okay. You know, at this time, it's like if if you have friends that are white and they may say something racist and you just ha 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 whatever laugh it off but in your head you know you don't agree with it do you think like white silence is like not speaking up for you know african americans and educating other people no matter what race do you think that's detrimental to what we're trying to achieve here which is equality oh no you have to you have to be able to to say something you should you have to say something i mean i i work construction as my day job and while there's not really racist issues because, or at least outwardly open racist issues because it's a pretty diverse field. There's definitely um, homophobic language though. And I have stepped up and said, you know what? Don't say that about like around me because that's not right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think that white silence is bad. I think you have to be able to call someone out, whether it's a friend or family member. Right. Yeah. And I know, I can't even imagine like, family members you calling out your own family members saying hey that's not okay you know i know that in some people's houses is very touchy you know because uh, they don't understand you know if you were let's say you're straight right but you have gay friends and you are an ally and for instance your dad is saying that effing effer on tv yada yada that rupaul why do they have to ruin bh1 like that and, you know, <laughs> you're a straight son. <laughs> and he said, hey, Dad, I mean, like, he's just normal, too. He does drag, and you know, I think it's all right. Some people couldn't even imagine talking to their dad like that. Yeah. Oh, Disagreeing no, Disagreeing with them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely a generational thing, too, you know? I mean, I think yes. the kids now are more more willing to say something to the parents. And in most situations, obviously, family dynamics are different with everyone, so not mm -hmm. everyone can. Yeah, and people that think that racism isn't, like, that big of a deal or it doesn't exist. Like, I saw some, this whole week, I was, I saw threads on Twitter saying, like, racism doesn't, racism doesn't really exist. There's so many programs to help people of color out and this and that. And for me, I had a patient today. She was seven years old and in Arkansas. She moved to California, like, 40 years ago. But in Arkansas, she was attended school was segregated. Like it was blacks on this side, whites on this side. When she got to California, she said she was dumbfounded that she could sit next to a white girl. And for me to be able to still talk to somebody that is still living 
that has memories of that means that we're not that far off from racist times. So, and you know, racism is passed down from generation to generation. I mean, it exists. And I just, you would, back to sports, to make the sports related, you would think that sports would bring everybody together and, you know, cancel out racism. You know, the NFL, majority of those players are African-American. And I, I just don't get when some people are racist, but they watch football every Sunday and cheer for these black players on the field. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting. I um, I have two friends that are black. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I know it's the stereotypical, like, I have black friends thing, but right. two of them have these things that I've, I want to say right now. When I was back on Facebook and it, when the Black Lives Matter started to really become a discussion again and, and larger in a larger scale, uh, one of them said, you know, I'm going to take a break from being your black friend. I appreciate all the mm-hmm. questions, but I just need to take a break. Mm-hmm. And, and it really made me think. It's like wow. <laughs> I, I've never been in that situation, you know, and I, I felt bad for him just because he was, you know, tired. And I have an, another friend who, very conservative guy, he listens to the podcast, Sheldon. Hey, Sheldon. And okay. he uh, goes to church in, in our town. And the church he went to, he's just not happy. He, he's disappointed. Oh. He was very disappointed in how the church managed this whole situation, how they continued to not manage it properly. Um, and you sure. just think of like, you know, unfortunately, conservative and Republican and evangelical have all been lumped into this group that's just not right and healthy. But you yeah. typically think that churches are going to be more accepting and, and everything. And, and it's sad to have him have this situation where he's just not happy. Yeah. And, and would... that, goes, that goes back to, like, why people need to step up. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you bring up church. It's the, I really believe that the church is, I think it's single-handedly stop a lot of racism. If they were to just come out and say, Jesus, God, God said, love thy neighbor like thyself. You know, treat your neighbor like thyself. And you would want to be treated. It doesn't say treat your white neighbor and not yeah. your black neighbor. You know, it's, I really, because people, now you, you can't mess with people's religion. You can take their sports away. You can talk bad about their sports teams, but you talk about their religion, girl. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a different story. For you, for you growing up in the South, the Bible Belt, I mean. Oh, yes. It's a little different here, but it's still, you're right. It's, you know, mm-hmm. religion and politics used to be the things you don't talk about at the, the table for family yes. gatherings. There you go. And if they taught inclusion with, uh, you know, accepting the members of the LGBT community and about race and saying, this is not right. We need to love them. What can we do to help them? I really think they would listen more because it was coming from a religious standpoint. But I, I feel sorry for your friend. I, I know I know how he feels. It's it's tiring. And yeah, I, awesome I even, shout out to you, awesome friend of Randy. I'll meet you one day. <laughs> we will. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that we've been able to talk about this because I think it's important that people talk. Um, 
you know, yes. people of different backgrounds and to talk yep. about this because that's how we're going to to really heal and, and be better. Mm-hmm. Something blew my mind, Randy, this week where I was, I'm always on Twitter. I love Twitter. I feel like that's one of the best ways to get instant news about what's going on and live events. But I was, there was a tweet out there and somebody said, Check on your black friends that have white friends. We are not okay right now. And I was thinking about it and saying, I guess we're conflicted of, do we tell every single white friend, hey, we need to update your Facebook status about supporting Black Lives Matter or this and that. And it just really got me thinking about what do we, you know, I have a lot of white friends. And another comment on that thread said, well, you only have white friends because they think if you're black, they think you're one of the good ones. And I said, oh my goodness, do I have any friends that think like that? Like, I'm, oh, they can hang out with me because I'm one of the good blacks. And I just, I just hope not, but for it to be, I just do not want to have that conversation at all. I want it to be, we're all equal. Everybody's good. You know, it's one day, maybe I'll be 80 years old. Who knows? Yeah, we just have to be able to enjoy the personal story of others, you know, and be able to listen and not, you know, ignore what they're saying to be ready to respond, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And support, support and respond. I totally agree. Let's, uh, I want to talk about your podcast. And oh. then in a minute, I want to do a couple of your, just to give you, just to give people a taste of what your podcast is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you come to the idea to podcast? I came up with this idea to start the game day tea because I did not feel comfortable talking to mostly straight men about sports and, but me not being able to talk how I would with my gay friends. I I didn't have any problem talking to them about sports. It's just, I couldn't be like, child, girl, what's the tea? This, the lingo and how I really wanted to act because I didn't want to seem too gay. I want, but I finally said, I want an outlet where I can be me. Anybody that I interview, they know this is what they're getting. I don't want to have to change up. I don't care if I interview, let's see, uh, Tom Brady. I still want to be me. I still want to act like I want to act. I don't want to change my style of how I ask questions. And and so the game BT was born. And so what is a typical episode? You're, you're three episodes in. Yes. What would, what should people expect when they listen? So when you listen to the game day tea, you're going to hear a awesome intro that was done by my good friend, Manny Beats. He did my intro music introducing me, but you're going to get the fresh brew tea. Like, so like I said, tea in the gay world is like news. Like what's the tea? Somebody says, what's the tea? So I start off my segment hot saying, Hey, I got some fresh brew tea for you. That means whatever is going on in the sports, I'm about to talk about it. And with funny, I've thrown a little, funny stories make you laugh i don't want to just sit here and tell you hey this person threw the ball no i'm going to make it funny i'm going to make you laugh and you're going to learn something i always want my listeners to learn something but i also do segments where i can talk about paying athletes or how COVID 19 can affect sports or i want to do like a trans episode and i want to do third and long where we talk about how what do we think our favorite athletes, how big their dicks are? You know, just, just <laughs> funny stuff that I, I just come up with. And uh, 
two bars. I want to do a segment. Uh, I want people to tweet me. Let's say in Atlanta, you can go to Blake's for a good time at night and you can go to the battery for a good sports bar to watch your show. So in here in California, what can somebody give me to give me two bars? One bar you can watch sports, one bar you can go have a good time and shake your ass on dance floor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so how is it, how's the response been since you started? Because like I said, it's three episodes and I think you had to, obviously you took a break because of the COVID. Yes. The response is awesome. Uh, for my mom and dad to listen to it, <laughs> and they say I laughed, and it was funny, and I learned something. <laughs> hey, if I don't have another visitor, I mean, another listener, I'm fine. I'm not fine. <laughs> but that meant the world to me, to Like, my parents that just don't know much about sports, for them to listen and like and enjoy it and all my friends are saying oh my gosh when's the next episode when's the next episode i really not to toot my own horn but i think i have something special it just needs to get out there you know i i have i have so much i want to do with this podcast yeah and i agree and you're a different voice that usually podcasts you know the joke is you know how do you know it's a white guy or something like that it's like because he has a podcast um <laughs> so it's, heard cool that. That, it's cool that there's a different take Yes, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be different. And it's me. Like, I'm not acting. If you like, if you were to meet me and a couple of drinks or, you know, right out the bag and I, a girl slips out, hey, don't take offense. Even if you're straight, that's just how I talk. But I also wanted to talk about sports. I don't hear that. I, I just don't hear anybody out there like me talking about sports right now. Yeah. No, I agree, and and it's it's a great podcast. Definitely check it out. Um, Thank you so much. What I because really, can... obviously we've tweeted back and forth a little bit. I think it was the second episode where you created a little song, uh, like a little impromptu <laughs> song. Um, but flaps. <laughs> <laughs> and just what I you're the only podcast I know that. Um, you talk about someone that's hot and you Google Trey Young. Yes, yes. Uh, hey, I understand that if I want a broad audience, you know, if I have a straight female or anybody that doesn't know who I'm talking about, I want you to get a visualization of who I'm talking about. So if I say Google Giancarlo's body issue, you're going to see a right. fine piece of meat. You, <laughs> that man is hot. And no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, hold that information. You're going to get that information because, I mean, he's, he's cute. He's an athlete. He, for those who don't know, he plays for the Yankees and he's worth 300 mil, you know. So like I always say, if, if you're dating somebody, they got the type of money, you better F them stupid to keep him, girl. Because <laughs> he's cute and he making coins. So just, I mean, Google it. Anybody who I say, you will not be too disappointed because I talk about athletes that I think are hot all the time. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I was, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think I was able to get, I did the two episodes one day, then the next day, yeah, the new episode come out. It's just fun. I highly recommend people <laughs> listen to it. Um, Thank you. At the game day T on all social media platforms, uh, yeah. Twitter, Twitter Facebook, Instagram, and it, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchasers, 
all of that. Yeah, that and I'll have the links too in the show notes. I want to wrap it up too, because I've, I've kept you a little bit, but I always ask my guests this question at the end. If you can go back in time to your, you know, 12, 13 year old self, maybe you're just starting to, to really realize who you are. What's one thing you could tell yourself to help you be comfortable quicker about your sexuality? Dye my hair burgundy. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. I bought it. I sat it on the counter and I said, you know what? This will be, uh, this will be so cool. I want to do it so bad. It, it, I, that was how I wanted to express myself and I talked myself out of it. And I pretty much, that would have been, if I would have dyed my hair burgundy and went to school the next day, that would have been like, Darius is out, honey. Because <laughs> nobody <laughs> did that. And I really feel like if I just had the courage to be like, I don't care. Let this be your coming out party. I mean, you don't have to see these people when you leave high school anyways. That's what I would have told myself. Yeah. Die your hair, girl. Die, die, die. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast.